I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the whiz, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 77, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think you have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the irresistible force, the immovable object. As promised, he's the four-time current reigning and defending chaotic wrestling heavyweight champion, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Welcome back. I don't book the stuff, Mike. Okay. <laughs> so if you win, it's a shoot. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe maybe we could talk to somebody who books this shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can get that done today. No. <laughs> so if you win, it's a shoot. If you lose, it's a work. No, I'm not saying that. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, Brian. I'm just saying if you had half a brain and, and you have me on the top of your card, you should put the title on me. I'm money. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Mike. I'm money. money. I'm money. Uh, well, you spent a bunch of that money down in Disney World. I sure did. Brian, I sure did. We better start making some money on this podcast. <laughs> How was the trip? How was the trip? It was all right. Oh, no. <laughs> what happened? How's Goofy? No, it was good. We had a good time. Yeah? You sure? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? You know, there's nothing quite like taking your in-laws on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. So a uh, good time was had by some. <laughs> a good time was had by some, some of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's great to have you back. Last week here on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network, we talked about the unsung heroes. Yeah, I haven't. I, I'm very behind on uh, podcast listening. I got back last Wednesday night. I've uh, been very busy these last few days <laughs> since. Uh, I haven't even I haven't listened to Pritchard. I haven't listened to Shivani. I haven't listened to anything. I deleted a bunch of podcasts off my... I haven't listened to our good friend Todd Sinclair yet on uh, The Art of Wrestling. So you, first things first, you didn't listen to your show? I haven't had a chance you to. listen to any show? No, I haven't listened to any podcast. My goodness gracious. Well, <laughs> we had glowing things to say about you last I'm week. I'm sure you did. With Bill Neville, who's on your top five podcast feuds. Ugh. <laughs> Bill, Bill Neville, who said more probably on uh, last week's WPAN than he has in the entire history of the New Age Insiders. Well, he's behind the scenes. That's what we were talking about last week. Unsung Heroes. He's the guy making it Well, happen. that and Jason Maltov never shuts up. So. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, uh, we, we talked about that last Monday on the podcast. And Thursday, I had Jason Stewart on from the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. And we talked about... Oh, to give you some hot takes like he does on Facebook all the time? Some uh, hot takes? <laughs> Why well, are um, you angry with everybody? I hate everything. <laughs> you, you came from the most uh, wonderful place on the earth. What do they call it? The happiest place on earth? No, 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 Mike. It's not the happiest place on earth. What that's, is it? That's then? Disneyland. Oh, I see. What the is magic, this? The Magic Kingdom at Disney World is the most magical place on earth. Oh, it's the most magical. Yes. So the magic's gone, is what you're saying. The, you left well, yeah. it down there on Orlando. Well, yeah, I'm back with you. So <laughs> the magic's definitely gone. <laughs> All right. Well, today on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Oh, the- b- big shocker. You were late. <laughs> things to do kingpin it's been a busy weekend busy weekend for your friend well today on the wrestling podcast about nothing on the new age insiders wrestling network your promo about nothing is coming up and a whole lot more but first uh the fact that you failed to win the chaotic wrestling heavyweight championship is probably not the biggest news to come out of that promotion this past week there kingpin you, i mean i don't know how there could be something bigger well word came out this weekend of a change to the management of Chaotic Wrestling. Upcoming, I should say. Thank God. Well, <laughs> well, joining us here today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing is, for the time being anyway, I think, the owner and CEO of Chaotic Wrestling. Once again, back on the WPAN, Jamie Jimikowski. Hello, sir. 
So I show up and Brian is extra angry. There's a coincidence, huh? (laughs) I'm sure. No, I'm I'm extra angry because the Red Sox are on this afternoon, football's on this afternoon, and I'm sitting here with you two assholes. So It is Sunday afternoon we're recording. (laughs) Yeah, shocking, Michael, that you would be totally okay with recording in the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday. Shocking. I had no idea what was going on. It seemed like a perfect time to me, right, Jamie? The, the Patriots already played, so I was I was good this afternoon. I had nothing going on. Well, Jamie, um, right off the bat, this past Friday, you had a show in Woburn, Massachusetts, and I heard through the grapevine you spoke to the roster. Can you share kind of what you said? Sure. I mean, we talked to the roster, and I kind of put it out on my personal uh, social media, but this is the official announcement that as of January 1st, the other co-owner of Chaotic Wrestling and I we will be done. We have effectively sold Chaotic Wrestling, effective January 1st. So for the first time in 17, going on 18 years, somebody new will be taking Chaotic Wrestling in a new direction as of January. So for the next few months, we'll kind of be helping the new owners and that new ownership team kind of transition. We'll, we're gonna, they've been involved with the company for a while now, but they're going to start taking it over and slowly start transitioning, and they are uh, going forward as of January. So can we say who those people are or... You know what? I'm going to let them make that announcement. You know, we kind of approach the roster with some of the people who are involved. Everybody on the roster knows at least the first few people who are going to be taking Chaotic Wrestling going forward. I know they're kind of putting together their own ownership and management team from here. So I'd rather let them say who's going to be involved and what their plans are on their own rather than me speaking for them. But, you know, you guys can have them on another day. So it's not (laughs) just two guys. It's a group of people. I believe so. Yes, I believe it's going to be a group of people taking chaotic wrestling forward but i can't say that neither mark nor i will be one of those people we are we are we are leaving <laughs> okay I, i'm certainly not <laughs> okay well why leave now why why does it come to this jamie there was no moment of ignition there wasn't something that happened that made me say it's time to go i'm not sick i'm not dying it's just time and as i said to the roster that night whether it's in sports whether it's an athlete whether it's in business or whether it's just a cool party you're at you always want to be the person that they ask oh why did he leave not oh why is he still here and i felt we were kind of turning that corner i think chaotic wrestling has been amazing i think we've done the best things in new england it's no secret that i'm am and always have been rather arrogant about chaotic wrestling and where it falls in new england and independence and in the business but it was getting to a point where you know i'm going to be 46 in about a month and it was time to let the company move on without me. I'm not sure how much further I could have taken it. And that was kind of what happened. And just before the summer, I was approached by somebody who said, you know, they they were the first one to approach me to say they were interested in what I'd be open to it. As you guys know, I travel for the summer. I came back and we actually kind of had a formal meeting and I was asked, what would I be looking for? And then it was kind of like Shark Tank. We threw a number out there. We went back and forth. And from there, it moved really quickly. I didn't think it would happen this quickly, but I think for all parties, we're, we're happy it did. So you came back in September and just like less than a month it happened? Yeah, we had been talking about it. Obviously, we had been texting and emailing, talking back and forth, and we kind of put the basics of the deal together. And then when I got back, we put pen to paper and said, okay, this is what we're doing, and this is when we're announcing it. This past Friday, you announced it, and you said it won't take place till January. So over that time, you said you're going to be just helping them transition. Right. Uh, now through January, the way it basically works is my name will still be at the bottom of the checks. So Brian... Good for you. You know, you're still under the Jamie Jamikowski payday structure. <laughs> so I'm sure you're thrilled about that. And but uh, yeah, come January, it's renegotiation time, baby. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and uh, I am opening a new business. I'm going to be an agent for independent wrestlers to negotiate their new salaries uh, with new. No, but yeah, through the end of this year, you know, we have breaking point coming up in a couple of weeks. So current chaotic will still be behind that. And then as of the new year, they'll fully take over. And that's when Mark and I will walk away. All right. Well, the first piece of it is that, I mean, it's a number of years ago at this point, you sold the Chaotic Training Center to Brian Fury. At the time, why did you do that? Is that something that uh, it was just too much? Very similar. You know, I actually said this the other night. This feeling is very similar. The CTC had gotten to a point where a lot of the people, in fact, all the people who had started the CTC with me had left. Mike Hall had left. Dukes Dalton had left. And then at that time, even... Uh, Handsome, handsome. I'm sorry, Warbeard, handsome. What, what, Todd, whatever, whatever the hell he's calling himself. That good-looking kid. That good-looking fella. But Todd had left. Brian, you had left. And really, the one thing I always said about the CTC was I could never do everything there because I could never get in the ring and train somebody. 
it just became something that I couldn't do. I didn't feel like I really still had the ability to grow it. And Brian Fury was there. And Brian Fury had become one of our trainers. I knew Brian came out of, you know, the Steve Bradley school. And in talking to Brian, you know, Brian and I are friends outside of wrestling. I knew there was interest there. I knew that he might be the one who would want to take the school forward. So that transition happened, you know, very easily as well. You know, speaking of Brian Fury, I wouldn't be surprised if his name is one of the ones mentioned uh, as part of the new chaotic <laughs> wrestling. Uh, because one of the things I really felt that we lost at that point in time was I do think chaotic wrestling, the company was hurt when we no longer had a school officially tied to us. Uh, at the time when we got rid of, when I got rid of the school, I think it was the right decision. Hindsight being 2020, I think it hurt the wrestling promotion because we lost a lot of advantages we had by having a school directly tied into us. So having Brian who owns a school and again, I don't think I'm, this is no breaking news. Brian is part of the new chaotic group going forward. I think that tie in between the two is going to be hugely beneficial for both the school and the promotion. So you're getting out of the wrestling business. How do you feel about this overall? It's kind of weird. I don't think it's really hit me yet. I didn't tell anybody before this was happening. I made a couple of phone calls the day before the announcement just to give some people the Iggy just so they weren't shocked when they heard me say it Friday night. Really one of the only people I told ahead of time, I happened to be in business in Baltimore two weeks ago, and I met up with uh, Jim Kettner. And Jim Kettner was a promoter for ECWA for 40 years, and he did something similar, what, probably seven, eight years ago now? Something like um, that, yeah. Yeah, like around 2011, I think, is when it went down. And we had worked with Jim, all of us in Chaotic had worked with Jim for years. You know, a lot of the guys came and went between his promotion, ours. And Jim, Jim, I've always said, taught me everything I knew about owning a wrestling company and being a wrestling promoter. So uh, I met up with Jim for dinner. I told him, and he had gone through this once. And he told me, yeah, it's going to be weird for the next few months. And then he said, the night you leave the venue for the last time, he said, you'll turn the corner, and all of a sudden, you'll just feel a weight come off your shoulders. So I'm just looking forward to that day. Because right now, it's still kind of weird. You know, as I said the other night, my biggest problem is I've got to replace like 60% of my wardrobe because everything <laughs> I own has a damn chaotic wrestling logo sewn on it right now. So, you know, everybody listening, look for my new eBay store. <laughs> chaotic logos chaoticwarehouse.com <laughs> that's right you can get everything from rain slickers to uh to, to polos to hats <laughs> we talked about you know you're leaving how did you get involved i think we talked about this a little bit last time you were on but how did you get involved in the first place with owning a wrestling promotion why it's the worst story on earth <laughs> i had moved back to new england met up with some old friends because i really didn't know anybody here anymore we started watching wrestling pay-per-views and one guy said to me, we should start a wrestling promotion. I had no idea indie wrestling existed. I grew up in North Reading, like one or two towns over from Killer Kowalski's school. Never knew it was there growing up. And I think I can finally go on record and say, back in the day, my share for 25% of the company, I spent $500 to get 25% of Chaotic World Wrestling, which included, as we all know now, a ring bell, a stretcher, and a notebook full of information. <laughs> <laughs> where's that notebook today is it gonna be it's with the stretcher i think I, i'm not sure <laughs> was sent to the of, smithsonian was that, part, was that part of the package the uh the new ownership group that's that's actually where the deal almost fell apart they said hey where's the notebook in the stretcher and i said multiply 500 dollars times 18 years the value of those two things have just increased exponentially. It's like in the hidden Vatican library of chaotic Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We have a trap door that we pull up, and there's all this all this historical stuff that's down there. We've got the stretcher. We've got the notebook. The we've got footage. Psych <laughs> yep. The psycho's down there. He's just chained in a corner. <laughs> the footage from the Cena show, right? <laughs> yeah, the Vince footage. <laughs> the footage of Tommaso's old man punching me in the face. <laughs> of Tommaso letting a cookie sheet fly into an eight-year-old kid's face. Hitting a pregnant lady in the face with a tennis ball. <laughs> we'll have to do a separate podcast all about the Tommaso rule someday when he's in town and what they were and how they came to be. So we talked about the Cena show. Would you consider that the high point of Chaotic Wrestling for you personally? Yeah, I think from like a, a public or an outfacing perspective. Yeah, I think that was probably the best moment in Chaotic Wrestling when Vince McMahon showed up in the ring. And Brian, you were in the ring when it happened. I know you've told the story. Yeah, it was ridiculous and amazing, and people, people still don't believe it to this day until they see a video. I've been accused of doctoring the picture or having really? it photoshopped. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds unbelievable. It sounds made up. But when you say, you know, favorite moment, 
Like I said, outwardly, yeah, that's one of them. I think it was probably Cold Fury. Was it 13 that we first put into like that big gym? I believe so. 12 or 13, yeah, one 13. of those. Like that was a cool one. That first time we ever really sold five, six, seven hundred tickets, whatever it was that year with just us for Cold Fury. That was cool. But, you know, I think, and again, you and Brian have been there virtually from day one or very early on. Like when you ask what are the best moments that I remember from Chaotic Wrestling, it's ones that nobody listening is ever going to care about. You know, it's it's stupid nights after the CTC. It's stupid nights at the nines. It's garbage, crazy stuff that happened in the back that literally, you know, it's naked adult at, at summer chaos. It's, <laughs> it's, it's that stupid stuff that we all remember. And, you know, some of us, we still have these text groups. What do we text about? We've never texted about the Cena show. No. You know, we, we text about some foolishness in a kitchen in Methuen that happened 13 years ago. That's, that, those are the best memories. It's funny, I said the Paladino the other night, and then there were two. <laughs> exactly. You guys are the last, the last two. Good gravy. You know, it was funny, but you, for, you forget some of the history, and you forget how some of it came together. Like for, what, 10, 12 years, the PAV was like the home of chaotic wrestling. Remember, we stole three things in one shot. We stole the PAV and the Logan Brothers, all from some garbage promotion that was running. And that's because Logan's and I were talking about that Friday night. Julian Starr used to work for that promotion, I believe, as well. Did he really? Yeah. What, it was like, I don't remember the initials. It was some random initials. But A-W-E. Yeah. But yeah, we stole the building and the Logans from the promotion all in one shot. Because it was in Lowell, it was close, and it had high ceilings. And we were doing Cold Fury 3, and it was, yeah, a ladder match. Well, it wasn't exactly a ladder it match. It was a but... shoots and ladder match, Michael. <laughs> because that match... What did, what did they climb up and get? Pride. <laughs> pride. Oh, there was like a briefcase with some pride hanging down from the... <laughs> Courage. Um, accolades. Um, accolades. Yeah. That's what they climbed up, and accolades. And then the shoots part... Those were shoots because everything else was fake. Every, yeah, everything, everything else, else fake. Everything else in the show that was, was fake. That, that, was, was real, that was real. And you climbed the ladder for... Was that a Mucko creation? Shoots I think and ladders, so, the name? Yes. The, yes. The name anyway, I think was. And that was one of those great things. Very similar. And again, remember not too long ago, Brian, where we did squad goals in, yes. in Danvers. Again, very similar to shoots and ladders where I had a great idea for a name and a logo. So we made a show out of it, having no idea what the hell squad goals were. I watched that match, and I have no idea what the rules were or what the goal of the match was. Well, you see, there were squads, and they had goals. And then one squad got to be the king squad or the best squad. So squad goals. Do you get it now? Did you see more? Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. And I'm, it was, I'm as confused as the people sitting in the crowd were. And probably the people in the ring. So, so I know for a fact the people in the ring. But that was another one. That was another one of my good ones where... Yeah, hopefully Todd Sinclair is listening. This ranks right up there with, I create a squad goals match. I come up with a name. I come up with a logo. We announce it, and then I leave town for two months. <laughs> I also did that when I announced a Kofi Kingston versus Andrew Riker flag match <laughs> oh, in Lowell and proceeded to leave town and made Todd Sinclair, an adult, figure out how they were going to do a flag match in the PAV between those two guys. You, you know what really pisses me off? That fucking match made the Kofi DVD, but mine with him, his final match on the Independence, did not. That was on there. Was your final match was on there? I don't think it was. Yeah, that was on there. I, I think fu- it's on there. I, yeah, I didn't think it was. I didn't think. I didn't think no. that made chaotic Kofi. Because I seem did. to remember having a some sort of uh, dust up with Kevbo over it not being on. No, there. No, but the weirdest thing was, I don't think it was the last match on there. It was like early on. That's We're going to have to look. I'm, <laughs> I literally have the chaotic DVD library sitting behind me, uh, where if you want to purchase them, you can go to chaoticwrestlingstore.com on eBay, along with the autographed polos. That's what you really do while you own it. Put everything on uh, clearance. <laughs> no kidding. I'm pretty damn sure that There's you're There's Dijak. Whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, let's go back to the Cena show for a second. Yes. How did that come about where not only John Cena is refereeing the main event, but... Vincent Kennedy McMahon, as Rich Palladino and RJ Deloise exclaimed on the never-before-seen footage, how did he come to be standing in a chaotic wrestling ring? So the way that started was John Cena's brother was a state cop who I believe was injured. He was at a traffic stop, and he got hit by a drunk driver. Somewhere along the way, it was talked about a tribute show being done to raise money. Uh, He lived. He's fine now. But there was a fundraising show. And somehow WWE authorized for John to be involved. So I don't know if John led the the wagon on this one. At the time, John's father 
Johnny Fabulous was working for us. And somehow in the middle of this, I got in touch with the office because I had a contact there. They asked me, are you involved in this? And I said, no, I've kind of heard about it, but what's going on? And then I was asked to get involved. Contrary to other stories out there, (laughs) I did not take over the show. I was brought into the show. It's a PAV situation all over again. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I do. That is what I've done for 18 years, just crush dreams and, and ruined careers. Long story short, they gave us that night. Obviously, John was making the appearance, and Eugene was there as well. Right. Those are the two. It was really, it was kind of the craziest thing ever. I remember when we were producing the posters. You actually, Michael, were making the posters. Yeah. And remember, we had to keep moving around the trademarks and the registered yep. circles because they had to go in a certain spot by a certain name. We had to use certain images. Sometimes it's trademarks. Sometimes it's registered. Yeah. And then they, they sent us the music that we could only use in certain ways and, and all of that. So now fast forward all the way. Now the production's actually happening. I asked, again, Jim Katner came up because he used to promote all of their local shows down in the Baltimore area, Baltimore and Delaware. So he had been used to dealing with them, and there was a big meet and greet beforehand with John, where I think, I don't remember if we pre-sold. And we were pretty close to sold out. I want to say walking in, we had maybe 100 tickets left, and the place fit 1,500, something. I think 1,700 sticks in my mind as a number. I want to say the gym bleachers held 15, we put more on the floor. 1,700 sticks in my mind as a number. And all of a sudden, I remember that afternoon, I got a call from Johnny Ace, because he was in charge of talent relations at the time, and he's like, uh, hey, Jamie, how are tickets looking? I was hoping uh, he's going to do the voice. And I'm like, it's good. <laughs> and he's like, all right, you're going to have a sellout. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're, we're going to be okay. He's like, hey, hey, Jamie, your arms look great today. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a new haircut? <laughs> <laughs> so then as it got closer to the show, I get a call from, her name was Ann Russo Gordon. She was like the executive assistant at WWE. And she said, um, just curious, how far is the building from Beverly Airport? And I'm like, I don't know. So I'm like, not that far, 20, 25 minutes away. She goes, okay, great. Hangs up. Johnny Ace calls me back again. Asking like more random questions. Like, what time is everybody getting there? What time do you think John's match is going to go on? I'm like, why are you coming? And he goes, all right, you can't tell anybody I'm not Vince's. And I'm like, holy, you know, holy crap. So that's how we knew. And then that night, the story goes, we're sitting there. I'm sitting on like the old TV stands and Brian's in the match. You know, Vince comes in. And the story I always tell is I did two things that night. I got to the barrier first to open the barrier for Vince because nobody knew what to do. And then after you guys did your stuff and he left, all the local police and everybody all had their cell phones out. They're all taking pictures. I'm literally the only one escorting Vince McMahon back out of the building. <laughs> and at the time, he had to be in, what, probably his 60s, right? 10 years ago. Should have had him arrested. What? Well, you know. <laughs> now, that would have been a story, Jamie. So <laughs> that would have been a story for the ages. <laughs> but now, you got a picture. All the way out, he stays in character. He's screaming at me. He's screaming at me about, Papa, he put his hands on me. Just going off on me all the other there's still fans outside he's like i'm getting back in my limo we get to his car he gets in the car and linda's standing there and just like this linda turns, she goes so you're jamie thank you so much for having us tonight this is so great you're doing this for the scene of family i'm like oh very nice to meet you and for guys like linda let's get the hell out of here and she's like all right well we're gonna head out again thank you so much we hope to see you again soon shakes my hand to get the limo and leaves i'm like that was the weirdest little McMahon interaction I've ever had. So yeah, it was you and I'm sure John's John. father who probably knew, and no one else on the roster knew. John, no. I mean John completely knew because he oh, put, yeah, yeah. he put the entire finish together. Yeah, yeah. Like, so you were uh, in the match with Rick Fuller. Is you and Rick Fuller, mm-hmm. and John Cena was the referee. You guys are trying to put the match together, and, and John is saying, "No, no, no." Yeah, we'll we started way. to put that at the end together, and then he. Put the he came in and put the entire layout of that of the finishing sequence together. And you're like this minus the minus the Vince McMahon coming in the right. Right. Why did you tell him this is chaotic wrestling? I'm telling you how the finish. (laughs) You know who the hell are you? Prototype. I still cared about getting a job at that point. Maybe (laughs) you should have told him, hey, hey, prototype. Last time you were in chaotic, you lost. Why don't you settle down? (laughs) He lost to Jimmy Jack Cash. (laughs) Did he lose to Jimmy Jack Cash or beat him? I thought he lost. I don't know. He had to wrestle Jimmy Jack Cash. <laughs> so so he, he lost. Somewhere along the line, Jimmy Jack Cash because he wrestled John Cena. Right. 
<laughs> so the locker room afterwards just, uh, of course, in amazement and had no idea what was going on. And of course, Vince left. People were like, is Vince going to come back and say hello? No. No. <laughs> hello if you me. remember, I will say. Oh, he said hello to me. He did say hello to you. <laughs> Johnny Fabulous, he was saying for weeks, and I quote, the old man's going to show up. The old man's going to show up. He had a feeling, whether he knew that far in advance or he just had a feeling, he did call that, that Vince was going to be there. And he did. And, and he did. <laughs> It was really cool. That was a lot of fun that night. It was all right. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It was, hey, wait a minute now. I I've currently become a proud owner of this of this footage. You did? I made a promise to one of the for, now former owners, right? That I would never let it see the light of day. I don't know shit to the new owners of Chaotic <laughs> Wrestling. Man. Hey, people out there, I got this footage, the actual footage. Email BrianMalonis at Comcast.net no, no, with no, your no, best no. offer. No, no, no. You can have the new streaming service of the wrestling podcast about nothing, just $5 a month. You can watch this on a loop. I like right? it. I like it. I like where your head's at. Not bad. You know what I feel like, Michael, you might remember this. I, I kind of feel like when Johnny Carson was retiring, the whole last month of his shows, literally, he just sat behind his desk with this, I don't give a shit what you do attitude. That's me in this conversation right now. You're like, I'm not going to go ahead. I don't care. What the hell am I going to do? It's not my company. <laughs> my company. Do what you want. You can't find footage out there in grainy cell phone video. Yes, but I got crystal clear. <laughs> Probably not high definition at the time, but with commentary. Yes, with commentary. With orgasmic commentary from <laughs> Rich and RJ. The best part is when you watch it, I think I've said this to you. It's edited too. I think I've edited footage. I yeah? think I have. Yeah, I yeah. think I have the best part is, unless in the edit they added it back in, when Cena comes out to ref mm. that main event, he didn't have music. Because of the setup, we had to run a long cable. The little itty bitty cable that connected the music to our big screen came unplugged, and there was I no stupid, music. I stupidly remember this: him walking down the aisle, yes, slapping hands with no. Yep. There was no, no music. music I think the music started, but then someone tripped over something tripped and, over and then stopped. Yeah. It's probably RJ. Some, somebody, Michael Crockett. <laughs> no, I think it was RJ Deloise. He's kind of a clumsy fellow, <laughs> clumsy oaf. So we talked about some of the highlights of your time with Chaotic Wrestling. Uh, can you think of any moments that were less than stellar? Any low points for you? Mike Crockett, a senior <laughs> official, maybe. <laughs> you know, there are two ways to answer that one. You can do the serious answer, where, you know, the two worst moments were Killer Kowalski passing away and then our friend Mucko dying. Those are the two. You know, Mucko was tough because he was a peer. But I still remember the night we did the uh, Killer Kowalski thing. Again, I keep bringing up his name, Jim Kettner. We'd never had to do a tribute to somebody who had died before. So Jim said, no, here's how you do it. So we followed Jim. Then we, we all ended up lining the ring. Yeah. Yeah, because it was a, a Hall of Fame, uh, right? No, this was two different nights. We, oh, really? The, we did one night. Shortly after he passed, we did the 10-bell salute to him. Where all we did was we all came out and we lined the ring. And, and as you guys know, I never go out there. And I remember I was, if you're facing hard cam, I was to the left. And Brian, I just remember you and Handsome were directly across from me. And I remember it was like yesterday. Kettner's next to me. You guys are across from me. Rich starts doing his thing, you know, we lost a legend, and they start the 10 bells, and all I do is look up, and I see you bastards crying. <laughs> That's all I needed. Next thing you know, I'm standing ringside, shoulders heaving, sobbing like, you know, I'm like, oh, the longest 10 bells I've ever heard in my life. So that one kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, but then, like I said, on the other level, there's the, we talked about something already, other bad moments, Tommaso. Um, so many, so many moments he, he helped us with. Culture wedding proposal. <laughs> oh, thank you for that one. The high point. What are you talking about? I loved it. Culture wedding proposal. Um, chaotic countdown. The, uh, what was the one, what I call it, Michael? When I brought everybody back from day one. Oh, the classic, classic chaotic, classic chaotic countdown where we found guys who had been on the first chaotic show and brought them back and everybody in between. And about halfway through, I'm thinking, <laughs> Well, this is a great idea on paper, um, but you know, the, sometimes there's a reason when guys haven't been in the ring for eight years, why you don't let them. Why they haven't been in the ring for eight years? Yes, yeah, yeah. That was all they felt like they had to prove themselves to get back in the good graces, maybe. Right. <laughs> right. The last one I'll answer, and, and you guys will love this. My last worst moment actually wasn't that long ago, and you guys were there for it. Okay. Now Michael's curious. Hmm. Honestly, you know what it was? What's that? It was when Sasha Banks. Did a podcast with Chris Jericho. And <laughs> she went on there and said some very direct criticisms of me. She never said my name and certainly 
Heaven knows she has a larger audience to speak to than I do. But she said some things that... Chris they, Jericho's podcast only has a couple more listeners. A couple more than, than you just guys. Just a couple more than But ours. I'll yeah. tell you, and you guys were there, because you guys had heard it first. You told me, and I listened. And that was the first time I was ever actually personally hurt by anything that happened in this business. You know, some of the things that she said, you know, there, there's the old Star Wars thing of everything's true from a certain point of view. There were a couple of things said in there that, that just, I guess from a certain point of view, maybe they were true, but they just weren't. And the one thing about her, about about Mercedes was, you know, I was there on, on day one when she came into the camp and it was like, I remembered talking to her mom and I went through some of the personal struggles and some of that personal stuff for her to get where she was. I've never taken credit for, or I kind of do. I really don't overtly <laughs> take credit for everybody, anybody who signed. Look, we all know in New England, when somebody gets signed, what happens on social media? It explodes, right? With everybody who knew them, knew they were going to be a star. I've never done that. That one hurt me personally because you know what? There were some things that just weren't true. And all I ever asked was, you know, if you're going to tell the bad stuff, and Lord knows I've done bad stuff, and some of the stuff she said, was true you know she said that there was a time when she was going to go to tv very early on and i told her no you're not ready that's probably true i don't remember that specifically but did those words come out of my mouth yeah they probably did and more than likely i talked to her trainers and her peers and other people and asked is she ready and the answer i probably got back was no and yeah, I'm, I'm the bad guy. I get to break the news. <laughs> trying to put the heat on me. But on the flip side, <laughs> <laughs> handsome Johnny. But, uh, <laughs> but no, on the flip side, you know, I, I'd like to think I helped her and I helped some others along the way. So you know, when you ask about my personal worst moments, I will be honest, say that one, that one knocked me for a loop for a while. Brian actually had to call me once and talk me off the ledge because I, was so, I wasn't angry. You guys have seen me angry too. I wasn't angry or pissed. I was just hurt by that one because I was like, that's just not the true story. I, I tried to help her. I'm not the heel in the story. I'm, I'm, I'm not the bad guy. But for the most part, it's been much more good than bad. Have you ever tried to talk to her? Or? I, I've tried to reach out, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about, was this a low moment or not? No opportunity wasted. No, that was awesome. <laughs> There's nothing better than that no opportunity wasted, hosted by the, the host of The Amazing Race, Phil Kogan. You should find that video again of, of Jamie and Mucko. Yes, <laughs> you should find that. Is that online? I somewhere? have that. It's online and I have it somewhere. <laughs> okay. Well, it was a reality show, short-lived, uh, hosted by, as you said, Phil Kogan. <laughs> well, I Phil, think Phil Kogan did invent the concept of living life to the fullest after a near-death experience that he had. I think that was the open of the show. He talked about like not wasting opportunities was a concept that he came up with. Like, yeah, you came up with it, you pompous dick. I think ours <laughs> might have been like the first and last episode of the show. Were there only like two or three, right? I think there were a few more than that. Yeah, there were, it was it was a very short season and it only lasted one season. What they did was they gave somebody three thousand dollars in three days to live their dreams. I got a call from some assistant producer who said, "We have some kid out of Texas." Houston or San Antonio, who wants to be a wrestler? Can we send him to you? We said, sure. Any idea why they came to you, kid from Texas? For, for a while, when you searched like pro wrestling schools, I'm pretty sure like the Catholic Training Center up. was like the first thing that came up on on like Google. It's good yeah. SEO, huh? And that well, it was also <laughs> who was in charge of that back then, Michael? Not me. <laughs> um, it was also because at that time we were also involved with Killer Kowalski, right. so it all kind of tied in, and that helped us a lot. Yeah. Um, but that's how they found us. It was a blind call. And uh, yeah, so we had to bring this kid up. And what they didn't tell us was how tall was he? 5'3"? He was, he was tiny. He was tiny. And we had three days to get him ready to do a fake show in front of a group of quote-unquote judges. <laughs> well, the problem was WWE wouldn't lend us anybody because I reached out to them first. They didn't have any interest because it was going to be on Discovery and they had to deal with Universal. Yeah, they're not tied in with Right, that, so with they couldn't channel. do it. So we ended up bringing in Tony Atlas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Johnny Fabulous, right? right? Jim Kettner. Yeah. Was that it? Was there one more? Kowalski, I believe. Walter. Walter yeah. Kowalski, thank you. And Killer Kowalski was the fourth. I was wondering if Walter, I just believe, had cataract surgery, so he had to wear like those big, big dark that, glasses. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So then we did a fake show on the Sunday that they filmed, and for this kid to be a... The, the gym rat was his name, right? 
Well, it wasn't he, his yeah, original He wanted name. to be the executive and, but you and, crushed, and, his and dreams. you crushed his dreams. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember this. So yeah, he, Wait, he, my, I don't view you as an executive. I view you more as a gym rat. <laughs> yeah, he came into this with an idea of what he wanted to be as his character. The executive, the executive decision was his finish. Yes, one, two, three, executive decision. But he had a meeting with you. I'm sure it was completely just on the fly. There wasn't something that was arranged with the producers of the show. Where you can you say let's get training, I'm gonna punch you <laughs> in so, the somewhere face. like a little small I'm gonna punch you in the face. Video loop up, let's get training. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you all. This this is why I quit. This is why I'm leaving wrestling. It's because of you two. <laughs> and, and you two and Todd Fat Pants Sinclair. See, nobody's gonna believe it's because of Michael, because Michael hasn't been in the wrestling business in about six years now. <laughs> but just it's it's just all of you just bring up my worst moments again and again. Thank you. So let's get training. <laughs> <laughs> so what, you all. what was the like behind the scenes of a reality show? Is it as realistic as they like to portray? Oh gosh, no. I remember we had to have I think it was with Fat Pants, where one of the producers or one of the cameramen heard us having a conversation about how we had to do something and they said, Oh my god, that's great. Can you have that conversation again? <laughs> yes, we waited for them, they brought the cameras over, we had the conversation again. They said, Okay, we don't like it here, can we go out in the hallway? Okay, so we had the conversation again. And then I remember we went out to a local gym to do some stuff there because it was in the parking lot where we found out no Mark Garcia Parra Got traded, had yeah. been traded. <laughs> and then we had, remember we had to go into Jillian's in Boston yep. to celebrate the ring rats, uh, gym rat, whatever, sorry. Oh, <laughs> hey now. So there were some ring rats there. <laughs> to celebrate the gym rat's birthday. And I will never forget Phil Kogan on camera going, well, it's your birthday. And, uh, you know, we're going to celebrate your birthday with the wrestlers. And I hear some really crazy things happen there. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, we're going to have people who don't drink. You know, I'm like, <laughs> okay. And the only reason we get into Jillian's was former Chaotic Wrestling Tag Team Champion <laughs> Scarecrow was the manager there. And I called him to get us a private room that night so we could shoot more stuff there. And if you remember, he comped everything that night. Either he comped or the production guys paid for it. Somebody, we didn't. But I just remember we sat there and we ate, we drank, we played pool, we bowled for like four hours that night. They never picked up one camera. They didn't film <laughs> yeah, one gonna, thing there. I was going to I remember seeing any footage. Nope, that was just <laughs> us all eating, drinking, and partying on the producer's tab. And the one thing I was going to say was, you know, in terms of... I don't know. I wasn't invited to that night. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you, were. You, you, you had better things uh, to no, do. No, I was not. I was told I could That was... I, you gave out... You told certain people that <laughs> you, couldn't go, you couldn't go to that. you couldn't go to everything. And I, and I couldn't go to that. I got to go to Worloway Sports with you guys. <laughs> to pick out his gear. Yeah. That was fun. That's though. nice. We had a good time. I didn't get to go there. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, talk about it being fake. I give credit to Duke Stalton on that one because day one, the trainer we brought in, uh, John Walters came in and everyone's trying to teach this kid how to wrestle in three days. Dukes came in on day two and anybody who knows Duke Stalton, he said, yeah, this isn't going to effing work. He just taught him how to work one match. And that's all he did. The training sessions took place in the middle of the day during the week. Which with everybody there. <laughs> so we're doing this one thing and everybody's like just training for eight hours in the other Apparently, ring, making yeah. noise and... It was fun, though. I remember when we had to be looking like we were training in the other ring, but being completely silent. Couldn't make noise. Yeah, we couldn't make any noise, which if you've ever been a professional wrestling ring, to move around a wrestling ring and not make a sound is pretty tippy near toe. impossible. Tippy-toe, tippy-toe. <laughs> Limitry. <laughs> so, uh, but do you remember uh, Kowalski did the, uh, the shin pressure point thing to Phil Kogan? Yeah, he was like all pompous about it, yeah. and, he, and he had a broken rib, yeah. and then he fell and hurt his broken rib, yeah. and I, it was hilarious. <laughs> and then he did the, the, Kowalski did the neck thing to him, too, the pressure point in the oh. neck to make, him, <laughs> to make him go down, too. That's always a good time. <laughs> Speaking of good times, how about the time you brought in Brett the Hitman Hart? Did that go as planned? Absolutely. He went perfectly. I, I don't think so. <laughs> you know what? That was it's very... A few things before my time. That was very early on. That was like... Um, I don't think... I wasn't there for the show either. I think I had started, but I didn't have... That was show. at the Lynn Armory, mm -hmm. right? That was one of the very early on. And the only reason we brought Brett in was... I've because he's your favorite wrestler. Yeah, I'm a, Brett, I'm a Bret Hart mark. And we paid... I think it was ten grand at the time to bring Bret Hart in. But something happened where there was a weather delay, where his flight was delayed. So we originally were going to do it where there was going to be a meet and greet first... And then Brett was going to do something on the show, smiling. He didn't want to do a lot on the show, 
but he was going to smile and wave or do something in the main or I forget what it was. Certainly not put anybody over. But we had to flip <laughs> everything. So we ran an entire show first in the Lynn Armory that was like 120 degrees in there that night because it was, it was like August. And then I'm literally waiting at the airport for Bret Hart where we brought him and then he did this weird meet and greet after. That's when that, that whole night was a big blur for me. But that was just, I wanted to bring in Bret Hart. I wanted to meet Bret. <laughs> So we did. At that point, too, I'm assuming he was still fairly relevant because it was must have been the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. We were one of like his first appearances after he left WCW. That was kind of cool. I don't remember that. Like, I remember a lot of the other ones. I don't remember the Bret Hart one as well, except that I marked out and paid a lot of money to meet a guy. <laughs> well, how about another one? Sonny. Tammy Sitch was a part of a chaotic wrestling show. Another person that you brought in, and that went as planned, correct? She's very friendly. She was. You know what? She was very popular in the locker room. I will say, we got Tammy at a nice little window in between some of her major issues. Wasn't there something like a week or two beforehand, some news broke about her? She no-showed, or she did something. Okay, yeah. And then she had an agent, a quote, and I'm I'm doing finger quotes for all of you in, in podcast land. I'm doing finger quotes. She had an agent who was some gal I was talking to, and that was the first time ever I sent out a performance contract that I made her sign that if she no-showed, she owed us money and this, that, and the other thing. But yeah, she'd had an issue, so we get that out, and she shows up, and I have to meet her at the airport. I'm waiting down in baggage claim, and like six feet away from me, there's this, there's this young kid with this like 19-year-old kid with flowers. And I kind of <laughs> out of the corner of my eye, and all of a sudden, obviously, you recognize Sunny when she walks in. I start to step forward. He starts to step forward. So I kind of look over. She walks up to me. I go, hi, I'm Jamie. Oh, hi, pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, Tammy, blah, blah, I was like, hi, gives him a big hug. This was her boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, the kid was like 19 yeah, years so he, old. And this kid was a bullshit artist, too. He was like a minor league baseball player, but he had told me he had like made it to the major league. He had told me a big elaborate story about that he had made it to the major leagues as I was, I was talking to him in the locker room because he was hanging out in the locker room, of course. And then I was like, well, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't recognize your name or whatever. He's like, oh, it was a September call-up. And then I looked, that kid played in like single A. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then at the genre. time, and to this day, I've had a pretty good relationship with Tommy Dreamer. I had mentioned to Tommy that we were bringing her in, and he, he gave me the advice. She's great. Don't let her out of your sight. So I did not let Tammy out of my sight all day. Pick her up at the airport, and she says... Does your wife know that? She says... <laughs> Wait a minute. No, this story's great. So now she says okay, well, I want to go drop myself off at the hotel. Then I have to go meet a friend at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Boston. She was actually going to meet Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins, right? And then okay. owned TNA for like a day. Now he owns NWA. He does. She was going to meet him. And I'm like, we can't make it from Logan to Lowell to Boston back to Lowell in time for a show. Her flight landed at like 11. So I said to her, why don't you call him? Tell him you'll meet him now. And she goes, okay. So she calls him. Hey, we're coming over now. Mandarin Oriental's on Boylston Street in Boston. God is my witness. I pull up to the valley. Now, this boyfriend's still with us. His, his first name was Brad. Brad's still with us. And I'm like, this is so awkward, but I don't, whatever. Now, she's in the front. He's in the back. She's in the front. He's in the back. Okay. So we pull up to the Mandarin, and I say to her. Sounds like the beginning of a really weird porn. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> videos will be available in my eBay store, along with all my old chaotic DVDs and polos. So we pull up, and I tell her. You got 90 minutes. I said, you will meet me right back here in 90 minutes. I went across to Abe and Louie's, sat at the bar, had a steak, had a beer, waited for her. 90 minutes later, she was in the car. We drive out. We uh, go to the hotel in Lowell. Now, where was Brad during this? Was he at Abe I don't and Louie's with no, you, or he, did he go he, with her? No, he went with her. <laughs> <laughs> so now we drive to Lowell, and she was staying at a Holiday Inn up in Tewksbury. Pull up, and I said, okay, drop your stuff. I'm waiting here 30 minutes. Sure enough, 30 minutes later, she comes down. And somewhere in the middle of this, it was a Halloween show. And she needed some costume stuff. So I think I called one of you and I said, hey, you know, I own the lingerie company at the time. Hey, go to the warehouse, bring her some options. Because I remember that happened somewhere in the middle of this. But now she and Brad go in. 30 minutes to the minute, they come back out. We might have grabbed dinner on the way. We go to the show. And then at the show, (laughs) I'm going to go into promoter mode and say, I was paying attention to the show. (laughs) <laughs> she behaved in terms of being in the ring. She, she was straight. She was, this was the Playboy's crowning achievement in his career. <laughs> she was <laughs> straight and she was sober. Through the, We didn't have a problem. 
after the show, she thanked me. I thanked her. She was great. I handed her her check. I shook hands with her and a member of our roster, which I instantly regretted after I heard some <laughs> stories later on in the evening. Um, for those of you who are wondering where my Purell obsession started, <laughs> this would be uh, my psychologist and I have traced it back to this night when she and uh, when I shook the hand of her and one of uh, a member of one of our tag teams. Um, that oh, narrowing it down a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I don't want to go any further. Yeah, yeah we gotta be careful. With I'm this stopping one. <laughs> here. But no, she was she was fine. And then, literally, as I handed her her check, she said to me, "Are we good now? Am I done?" I said, "Yep. You're not my responsibility anymore. Great working with you. Talk to you soon." And that was it. And I left. <laughs> and then you know, the but story sh- played out. <laughs> but no. Then shortly after that, I want to say within a month, that's when the arrest started. We literally got her in like this little four-week window where she was good, Sonny. She was. She was very she good, Sonny, that <laughs> night. <laughs> Crockett knows. Well, the stories like this, Jamie, how can <laughs> you possibly want to re- get out? Your reaction, Crockett, there is very interesting. No, no, is no, there no. something you want to share? No, no, no. There's nothing <laughs> wait, at all. Wait a minute. You brought up Jimmy. Didn't he win a battle royal that night? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy got to have like a moment he, in the ring with her. And what happened? He was very chafed. Yes. <laughs> oh, playboy. Uh, Michael Crockett completely ruined. <laughs> but but the for the historians out there, if I remember, didn't she ref a match with Mercedes that night with Sasha? Yes. I think she ref the Sasha. I forget who Sasha worked that night. But yeah, that was the yeah, match mixed she ref. I think. Mixed tag. So if you ever want to see, so you wasn't know. It, wasn't uh, it Danny E? Yeah. And Mercedes. And it was Alexis probably and Lish. Someone else. And somebody else. Maybe Tommy Trouble. Something like that. Yeah. So how could you possibly want to get out of wrestling after stories like this? You know what the problem is? I don't remember half of this stuff till you guys bring it up. You know what? I said it the other night. I'll say it again. I'll be saying it for the next three months. I've loved chaotic wrestling. It allowed me, this kid from North Reading, Massachusetts, I got to meet every hero of my youth in the wrestling business. You know, not to sound like the people I berate all the time. (laughs) I've been backstage. I've met. Hulk Hogan, I've met Ric Flair, we've met The Rock, we've met Steve Austin, I've I've met Vince McMahon. We and Brian, I'm kind of looking at you. You know, we've we've gotten to meet legends who have since passed away. It's really cool that when you grew up as a wrestling fan, for me, because of chaotic wrestling, the people I've gotten to meet, I've made some of my best friends outside of the business. You know, some of my really good friends and best friends, you guys, your friends of mine outside of this, all because of chaotic wrestling. But like I said, it's just time. I'm getting older. It's time for me to start doing other things. And I really don't think that I have. And Michael, you said it. The wrestling business has evolved. One problem is sometimes when you've been doing it for close to 20 years, it, it's tough to evolve with it. And, you know, Brian, you're on our roster now. Unfortunately, sometimes when you've been doing it this long, you don't want to evolve. You don't want to change. You stick to what you know. And things have changed. You know, I know there are other companies out there that are doing things differently than chaotic wrestling and in some ways doing things better than chaotic wrestling. It's just I'm not the right one to change and compete and do all that anymore. It's time for somebody else to do it. I think they're going to do great at it. And I think chaotic wrestling is going to be around for a long time just with somebody new. You know, the great thing is I always will have been a part of the first 17, 18 years of that legacy. Now it's somebody else's turn. So what's next for you? You're going to open up a competing promotion and just uh, take it down? <laughs> yes, I am opening up Chaotic World Wrestling because that's actually what I bought. See, I worked these guys, but they signed. See, they bought Chaotic Wrestling when really the legacy is Chaotic World Wrestling. Uh, and we've got a stretcher. We've got a ring bell. And we've got a notebook. And a notebook. Yeah, so we're, we're ready to go. <laughs> Perfect. We're ready to go. So what is next for you? I know there is a podcast coming up. Yep. You have a special deal with uh, Brian Malone's special bet going on, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this has been in the works yeah, for a yeah, while. Are you going to mock the inside perspective now? That <laughs> Well, it's not the no inside the principles. Is well, here. you are getting breaking news. You're getting two sets of breaking news. Number one, I have sold Chaotic Wrestling. I'll no longer be involved with the promotion as of January 1st, 2018. And I actually wrote this out later this month on... The NAI Pop Network. We're going to be over on your sister network. All right. Definitely our sister network. Yep. It will be your sister network, especially once I get there. Um, (laughs) We're going to be debuting our new podcast. It's going to be me and Scotty Slade, and it's called For the Pops. Really? So what is is he going to be talking about on that one? You know what? Scotty and I, we're going to talk a little bit of wrestling. We're going to talk a little bit of sports and a whole lot of pop culture. We're going to have a group of revolving guest hosts who are going to join us every two weeks. We are going to be bi-weekly. All right. So we're going to have different co-hosts joining us. 
And, you know, a lot of this came from, as you guys know, Scotty Slade, he is a father of a newborn daughter. Brian, your daughter's getting a little older now. I have a 14-year-old daughter. Scotty and I were talking. We were looking at podcasts. We want to kind of have a podcast that guys can tune into to hear, you know, the stuff they like to talk about. You know, obviously, we're always going to have a little bit of a wrestling focus. But talk about other stuff, too. Talk about some pop culture. Specifically, talk about stuff, you know, their kids are talking about, their wives are talking about. So we're not always appearing like these wrestling sports meatheads at social (laughs) events. So that's kind of what we're going to be. In fact, I even brought a little preview for you guys today. You did. One of the little things we're going to be doing on Uh it is each show we're going to have what we're calling. It's our For the Pop Quiz. Uh-oh. So boy. for the pop, so we have a little pop culture quiz for you guys. Oh, my goodness. To see how That's we're going to do. So I've given Lord. you guys pens and paper. You can write down your answers. I, okay. Question number one. Yes. What does the slang term on fleek mean? If something is on fleek, Brian, what does it mean? I, I, on point. On point, Michael? Uh, cool. Yeah. On fleek means it's smooth, nice, it's awesome, it's perfection. Example, Michael, you know what today? Your eyebrows are on fleek. That's that's I think that's the complete opposite of what. So, that so, so that's on fleek. <laughs> See now, Brian. So now, when you're with your daughter, because kids are using now when she says on fleek, now you know what the heck she's talking. Question two. So one point for Michael. Okay, it's one nothing. Oh boy. Okay. Question number two. What former Disney star and Instagram powerhouse recently revealed that she had a kidney transplant that had been donated by her best friend? She's the number one followed person on Instagram right now. I'd say the, uh, the Casey Undercover chick who was in Spider-Man, Zen- Zendaya or whatever. Zendaya? Whatever her name Zendaya. is. Zendaya. Michael, do you have a guest? Uh, Miley Cyrus is the only Disney nope. person I can think of. Selena Gomez, oh. former star of Wizards of Waverly Place. Huh. Yep, she just had a kidney transplant. It was donated by her best friend. Goodness. See? Michael, you're still leading one to nothing. <laughs> all right. Here's where you can get all your points back, Brian. There you go. The last question in four today's. Four times the bucks. <laughs> for the pops, pop quiz this past week on dancing with the stars professional dancer maxim chimerkovsky did not appear on the show for personal reasons it's rumored however that he isn't getting along with his partner who is his celebrity partner and for bonus points name her equally famous husband who's also competing on the show uh, i'm gonna just stab and dock here brie bella and john cena nope they're not married no, nope, they're not. So, no, no. Maybe I'm wrong, oh, i think man. i know this uh, maybe i'm wrong Nick Lachey and Vanessa something or other. That's correct. Vanessa Lachey and Nick Lachey. Uh, she and Max. So, no again. Damn clue. <laughs> so, again, now, now, Brian, now when you're out with the wife and you're out with the kids, now you can talk about things being on fleek with your daughter. You have a little bit more news about Selena Gomez for all the little kitties out there and when, when your wife is watching Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> if you get if you put 10,000 cash on the table and told me to name the top 10 songs on the Billboard charts, I don't think I could name three. And that's so. exactly why <laughs> Scotty Slay and I are starting, the like I said, the For the Pops podcast. You know, we can talk some wrestling, we can talk some sports, we'll talk some pop culture, bring a little bit of lightheartedness to the NAI pop network. So when can we expect this? I know Brian Malonis is saying that you won't be able to put out <laughs> Two episodes by the early end of the year. 2019. <laughs> uh, 2022 <laughs> is no. Uh, I believe we are looking at the week of October. What is it? The 19th? Is that the week? This way, Scotty Slade's daughter will be on her way to college. Correct. <laughs> no. No, I believe we're going to be debuting in two weeks on the NAI Pop Network, and then we will be recording every two weeks. So it will be a bi weekly show. Well, that sounds fantastic. And uh, so that's what's next for that's James Jankowski. And I'm sure we'll hear more about the ownership change for Chaotic Wrestling uh, out there online and maybe perhaps on the show. But thank you very much, Jamie, for being here today. And if I can, just to wrap up, Michael, just let me do sure. my thank yous. Thanks to you guys for having me back. Obviously, thanks to the two of you for always being a part of Chaotic Wrestling. I want to thank the guys that started it with us, you know, the, the Todd Sinclairs, you guys, the the people who who helped us along the way, you know, I can I could spend another hour just listing all the thank yous. But you know, handsome psycho, you guys, Chase, the Logans, Fat Pants, Tommaso, Max, Tommaso, Arch, you sure? Tommaso, okay. despite despite <laughs> what we joke, some someday when he's available, you'll have to have Tommaso on and ask him about the Tommaso rules. But um, Mike Hollow, Duke Dalton, Jim Kettner, everybody, obviously, Adult Mark. Tom O'Gara, everybody along the way who's helped us. Just thanks, everybody. It's been an awesome 17 and a half, 18 years. And most of all, thanks to all the Chaotic Wrestling fans who came out every third Friday for oh so many years, whether it was in a PAV, in Elks Hall, or Homecoming. Uh, just thanks to everybody for, for letting me live this really crazy life and live this crazy dream for the past 17 years. 
So what's going to be the big Jamie Jamkowski send-off show? Bringing Brett back for December? Um, I have to talk to new owners and find out if I'm allowed back oh, at the okay. next three shows. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that me eating Sal's pizza across the street on Friday night <laughs> might have been my chaotic farewell. So, <laughs> we'll but well, it was but it was a buffalo chicken slice, which Brian smartened me up to. So thank you one one more thank you <laughs> to Brian for, for putting a nice bookend on my chaotic wrestling career with some buffalo chicken pizza from Sal's. Well, no problem, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, we're here, so you might as well stick around for the end of this thing as we wrap this up here right last time you threw me out when i was done so i'm excited to be here for the end <laughs> well uh we're the one everybody's feedback on the podcast so every week we do something called merv griffin time a talk back segment where we interact with you the listener so tweet us at the wpan on twitter with your take on this week's episode your thoughts on our discussion with jamie jamikowski and use the hashtag wpan and we'll mention you in your tweets later this week because every Thursday, it's an all-new, all-different episode of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. You can vote at the WPAN on Twitter Monday nights to decide what we're going to discuss on the show. And you never know what else will come up, so be sure to seek it out each and every week. Also, download past episodes of this very podcast. We're going to be putting those up there this week as they come off the NAI feed. They get added over there. It's all on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing feed on your favorite podcast platform, or you can find it all over on BDARadio.com. Also, we do voicemails every week here. So get your voicemail in. We'll play it on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. We really appreciate your contributions to the podcast. So call now before you forget and become a part of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. The number again, 401-584-9726. Okay, it's time for this week's promo about nothing but before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Borrowing Dusty's Assets? Nothing? All right. <laughs> you, you couldn't have made a chaotic tie-in today? Just no. no? It's BDNA. What do I go with that? <laughs> I don't know. So, finish. Two of the American Dream's biggest concepts, Starcade and War Games, have been revived by WWE, the latter of which will be the main attraction at the next NXT TakeOver. But what's the deal with the three teams? There's three teams in this thing. Well, spoiler alert. There's three teams, but the deal with BDA Radio is that they have the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. It's not a common sight. It's BDARadio.com. Hmm. Right, Brian? Hmm. All right. Well there, Kingpin. Well there, Jamie. It's promo about nothing time. And we're going all the way back to days of our youth, Jamie. Okay. The early 1970s. <laughs> wow. And it was all-star championship wrestling out of Chicago, Illinois. They did a kind of a studio setup where they would throw to matches, kind of like primetime wrestling would do some 15 years later. But it was Bob Luce was the play-by-play guy, and Pepper Gomez was alongside him. They are on set, and joining them this week is manager Mark Manson. But the dastardly Manson isn't the problem on this night. It's Manson's voodoo cane. Yes, it's a wooden cane that apparently does voodoo. That's got to be cane. <laughs> I literally have no idea what's going on right now. So well, You're about to find out, Jamie. This week's promo about nothing. Feel the presence of another being in the studio. I feel right now, Pepper, I feel that we're not alone, Pepper. I'm, I'm serious. I am, I am very you're concerned. You have, brought, you have brought something into pro wrestling that is going to is going to cause a lot of disturbance. Now, look, this cane Lewis. is affecting my show. I don't even know whether I'm going to allow you to bring this cane on my show anymore. That a voodoo cane has no hey, place baby. in wrestling. Now look, hey, you went too far. If that cane don't come on the show, I don't come on the show, Luce. <laughs> Just because I never hit anybody with it, you dream up all kinds of stories that there's something wrong with it, that it's possessed. Well, it's not. The only reason I haven't whacked anybody with this thing, <clears throat> one simple reason. <coughs> I am a gentleman, a true gentleman. 
I don't have to go around swatting people with my cane. And it's not possessed. I don't care what you feel. What's happening to your mind when I bring this cane? Hey, baby, I'll never... <laughs> Look, hey, daddy. You better knock it off over there. <laughs> Hey, I'll bet that game. Hey, I'll bet that game can stand by itself. Back up, hey, daddy. Hey, I don't point that game hey, at me. I'll bet that game can stand by itself. Hey, I want to say one thing, Manson. I have to tell you, boy. What I can say for you, you, know, you can barely stand the, for you. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, flat on his back. You shut your mouth off, Luce. You shouldn't have done it. Get off of this show, Manson. <laughs> <laughs> was that an outtake? <laughs> I think this is live on TV. This went out live in the early 1970s. Oh you were what, like 12? God. Come on now. I w- this is before I was born. I was born in the mid-70s, baby. Oh, my. Still in my babies now? Yeah, still in your babies. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they, yeah. Uh, you didn't hear it, but Luce, who is, I mean, I'm not sure if he's related to Adam or George, but uh, Bob Luce <laughs> starts, laugh- starts laughing off camera as Manson is talking about this cane. Well, because the voodoo cane got to him. I mean, that's what happened is when somebody has a voodoo cane, you lose control of your, your bodily functions and your emotions. It's Voodoo cane is also the name that uh, Warbeard Hansen gave the tag team of Papa Shango and Kane. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was another one of Glenn Jacobs' uh, gimmicks. He's the demon cane. He's the voodoo cane. Executive cane and... Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Papa Shango. This is like 20 years before Papa Shango. <laughs> but the voodoo... Uh, <laughs> was uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah, and I know nobody listening could see it, but who was the poor third guy sitting in the middle just watching all this happen around him? <laughs> yeah, Pepper Gomez. <laughs> barely, poor, poor Pepper. Barely cracked a smile as all this is going on around him. <laughs> he just stayed sitting in his seat. Doesn't doesn't Pepper Gomez sound like a Looney Tunes character they're not allowed to show cartoons of anymore? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what to say here, but Mark Manson had the hat on like Papa Shago. He had the top hat. I guess that's a voodoo thing to wear a top hat. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know much about voodoo. What is the weirdest, strangest? Did you ever break up during a promo, Malonis? Is there anything that was just so silly that you had to say that you couldn't get through it? I don't. Nothing that sticks out like in a in a promo. I mean, I've laughed during matches. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, you made me laugh one time during Mega's entrance. The overweight lovers in the, the house. The overweight lovers in the house when I was supposed to be like a wild-eyed, non-talking, crazy person. Right. But no, not not a promo, I don't think, that made me like they couldn't get through. Well, Jamie, what's the silliest gimmick you gave somebody to do? What, <laughs> do you ever uh, get a voodoo cane? What were some of the worst? I mean, some of the worst gimmicks in chaotic wrestling. You know, we allowed the Duke of Elegance to come in. That was that was horrible. <laughs> no, 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 no. What's that wrong was with that Duke? was all kinds of bad. Um, ones that actually made it to shows. Grub. I liked Grub. <laughs> Grub turned into a vagrius or vice versa. Uh, there's always a sexual intellectual, Arch Kincaid. That was that was a walking train wreck. Well, Grub wore. Underwear on his Un- head. Under ruse. Yeah, it was, <laughs> but it was like a child's thing. underwear. Yeah. So oh, it no. fit around his head. By far, I think the best gimmick we ever gave somebody was uh, when we made Lemonhead, where the uh, the sign in the middle of a. Remember, we the sent them sa- up to the, the sandwich, the yeah, sandwich, sandwich, sandwich sign. sign. Yeah. That was a good one. BMW, Bayside's Most Wanted. <laughs> I was so upset I wasn't here for the uh, worst tag teams of all time or tag team <laughs> names of all time because <laughs> I would have jumped right in with Bayside's Most Wanted. I think Voodoo Kane takes the cake, though. Oh, but I wish we could have gotten. I, I wish I had started chaotic wrestling 20 years earlier <laughs> so we could have gotten Voodoo Kane. Well, uh, yeah, you have to go and see the video on this. You've heard about it here. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode on the NAI Wrestling Network. It would also go on YouTube later this week. The YouTube URL, you can go to tinyurl.com slash WPAN YouTube to find our YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe, and you will see the Promo About Nothing video coming up in the next couple of days. All right, Kinkpin, you're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you're back. You're back in the swing of things, and you got dates. I got dates, Mike. I'll be heading to 
Clinton, Massachusetts, this Saturday night, the 14th, for Lucky Pro Wrestling, challenging the selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo, for the Lucky Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Of course, I expect to come out of that as the heavyweight champion of LPW. So. Well, I expect it last time, too. But. <laughs> Fine, Lucky Pro Wrestling. Do you need a manager that night? I have, I have some free time now. <laughs> Just, There's no pay, but yeah, sure. <laughs> Wait, you're getting paid, right? Of course I'm getting okay. paid. <laughs> the very next weekend, the 21st, I'll be heading out to your old stomping grounds, Mike. Western Massachusetts. Yes. Hadley, Mass, Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. I'm in a triple threat battle of the big men. Woo! Myself versus Wrecking Ball, Ligurski, and Congo. Wow. Find Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling on all social media platforms for ticket and full card information. Then I'll be returning to Chaotic Wrestling. Ooh. Yes. Friday night, October the 27th. What the hell's the name of the place it's at, Jamie? It's at Northern Essex Community College. Thank you. We're in the uh, Northern Essex gym. In Haverhill, Massachusetts. In Haverhill, right? Massachusetts. Yes. For Breaking Point. And I'll be challenging once again for the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship, but this time in a tables match. Wow. Yes. So this time you're going to pull it off, right? Yes. There'll also be uh, be a... Uh, a wa- no, not no, one of those matches. No. There'll be a caged chaos That's match. what it'll be. Oh. <laughs> caged chaos. We don't have any kind of games of war. <laughs> we don't have any rumbles that are royal. We have chaotic countdowns and, at breaking point, a caged chaos match. I see. Mm-hmm. I'll then be headed to West Warwick, Rhode Island on the 28th, which is a Saturday for XWA. Find XWA on all social media platforms for ticket information. And then returning to Beyond Wrestling on October the 29th. That is a Sunday at the Electric Haze in Worcester. Go to beyondwrestlingonline.com for card and ticket information. I got a busy rest of the month. All right. Well, good luck with that. And if you want to book the Kingpin up a little more, Brian Malonis at Comcast.net. That is his email. Or you can also DM him at Brian Malonis on the Twitter. Putting Over Podcasts is the name of the Facebook group where we connect pro wrestling podcast fans and pro wrestling podcasters. So make sure to find us on Facebook. Just type Putting Over Podcasts in the search bar. Come and join us. We will add you and uh, come talk about pro wrestling talk with us over there on Putting Over Podcasts. Booking the Territory pro wrestling podcast with our buddy Mike Mills. He is doing it twice a week. Sundays, the Smoky Mountain Show. Thursdays, the flagship show. MikeMills.Podbean.com or anywhere podcasts are available. Checking the boots. We had Chip on last week. Him and Tony will be doing it once again coming up on an upcoming Sunday. They are going to a monthly format for a little while here, so make sure you find them wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks again to Jason Stewart, who was on with me last Thursday on BDA Radio. Make sure to check that episode out. But he hosts the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Troy, and they do that every Thursday, plus there's stuff all week long to keep you busy. So Rundown Wrestling Podcast. That's what you look for on all podcast platforms. And of course, we hope you'll continue to listen to the all-new NAI Wrestling Network all week long for DC and Doc Talk, Rant with Ant, the Shattered Glass Cast, and of course, our flagship podcast, the New Age Insiders Wrestling Show. And of course, Jamie Jamikowski coming soon to NAI Pop. Where do they follow you on the tweeter there? You can follow me. I'm at Jamie J U C W. All right. And CadillacWrestling.com for another month or two. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jamie, for being thank here. You guys. And we will be back on Thursday with the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. Search WPAN on your favorite podcatcher or go to BDARadio.com for more. Then join us here next week, next Monday, for the WPAN on the NAI Wrestling Network, episode number 78. Until then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.